Miss Diana Ross. Bibi would be ha- getting her life right now if she could hear this. I have a question. Yes. You were asking the, uh, the chat room something, too, before you take your call. Oh, well, I just said, is that song because I wasn't on last night's show? No, but I think it had to do with, like, uh, I feel like I'm like millennials. But go ahead, ask your question. Okay, so Anthony Laquifa Watley says, if you haven't seen Paris is Burning, you need to watch it tonight. Is there somebody in the room that hasn't seen Paris is Burning? I bet you there's a lot of queens that don't watch Paris is Burning. Oh. Don't you think? You have to see Paris is Burning. Paris is Burning is amazing. We still say that we're going to do a Paris is Burning episode, and we just haven't gotten around to doing it yet. You know what? We'll do it at some point. We will do it at some point. Right now, you know, I actually... So here's the thing, is I actually... Because I've talked about this in the show, but the whole documentary, The Queen, is on YouTube. It's only an hour and five minutes. But to be honest with you, it's kind of boring, right? The only part that's good is this. Monique, darling! Monique was not here as a friend of yours. She's a friend of mine, darling. Monique, would you tell her why you didn't come? I just want to get to the good part. No, it's Victor Haller. She said, Crystal, darling, don't go. Because you're not going to get it. And that's why all the true beauties didn't come. It's in bad taste and you're showing your colors and stuff. I am. I am doing it bad, but I got an. I have a right to show my color, darling. I am beautiful and I know I'm beautiful. Don't care about you showing no color. May I say this to you? Okay, it's too long. But... I do listen to that often, just not when I have a, a live show going out. Yeah. So Connor H. accurately says, Paris is Burning is on Netflix right now. So I would yeah. definitely take advantage. I wish that there was like, there's a lot of good movies that are just aren't available on Netflix. Like, you know, I had a friend watch, uh, uh, <coughs> what's the name of that Fakakta movie? Um, Valley of the Dolls. Mm. He didn't like it. Valley. The, the only reason I liked Valley of the Dolls was because I went and saw it in a theater here in St. Pete a couple of years ago where Hedda Lettuce did commentary through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That was the, otherwise watching it, it was like, oh God, this is really bad. Other, like, I mean, there's some, there's some pivotal moments mm-hmm. in the movie, the scene in the bathroom and a couple of other. Isn't that what she screams? <laughs> yeah. Where she, she takes the old lady's hair wig and she flushes it down the toilet. Yeah. So. And uh, what would you say? What are your what are your go to for you personally? If you, a young gay boy came to you, first of all, you'd give him my phone number. But next, after that, <laughs> I check his ID, check his ID, and then go, oh, you're 18, you're too old for Joe. But then right. after you did that, what would be like, let's say the five, they don't have to be the best movies, but five movies off the top of your head, they're going to be in the gay curriculum. Okay. First one that comes to mind is actually really depressing, but mm-hmm. Longtime Companion is one of my favorite LGBT movies. Um, I think that it is a very it is a very important movie, especially working with some of my younger clients. Is they they don't understand, especially they don't understand what people the generation before our generation had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, Paris is Burning is definitely what one. was the first one. Longtime companion. Oh, longtime companion. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, are you talking about actual LGBT movies or movies that are just pivotal, like movies that every, every little and I'm I'm going to boys here. Every little gay boy should see both. <clears throat> All right. So you've got Paris is Burning. You've got Longtime Companion. I've never seen Longtime Companion. 
Oh my God, Joe! Ah, uh, it's it seems boring. It reminds me of a, a movie about a dog and a cat that go on an adventure together. <laughs> no, it's 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 very it's a very important movie for us to see, and I the I cry the last five minutes of it every single time. Doesn't matter if it's just it's horrible. I would um, love to do a podcast series that's just watching basically RuPaul's Drag Race recap, but for those movies, not with you. I know you'll fucking have a heart attack, but. <laughs> It was somebody, but go ahead. Um, okay, I would say so. That's two. Mm-hmm. Somebody just said nine to five. Yes, yes. Nine to five is definitely one that you. There's a lot of nine to five. There are movies that I like to think, while I am not as strong in as a comedian, my sense of comedy and my sense of what I think are funny are from these sources. And nine to five is definitely one. The Lily Tomlin, the super dry humor. Um, now, Emmanuel from Twitter, you said, because, you know, I want to recommend, I've been trying to recommend uh, 9 to 5 to Sweet Michael, and I worry, is this a movie that you and I find funny? But, because I think Emmanuel from Twitter said he's like 20, right? Or 21. Would Sweet I Michael. I was like seven when I saw it. I know, was so was I. I know, so was I. But, you know, these 24 year olds are like, well, it's not in Blu ray and HD. So, like, for nine to five, does nine to five speak? To, if you have anybody who's twenty four under in the chat room, does nine to five speak to you? I think it's super fun. I just watched it again recently. Yes, because ninety five speaks to what you assume ha- when we were kids, what we assumed working in an office was like. Because they never really say what they do. It's just this big room with desks and phones and like mm-hmm. the the super boxy computers. Mm-hmm. So I I would definitely say that that it kind of speaks that you don't have to, even though. Like there's there's a there's a famous scene that takes place in a copy room, yeah. and the copier takes up the entire room. Yeah, and obviously now they have copiers the size of you know a, the printers behind you on the on the screen I'm looking at you at. But the humor in that definitely holds up, and I would I would recommend that. Ah, oh, Steel Magnolia. Steel Magnolia is another good one. I haven't seen Steel Magnolia since like first came out. Oh no, Steel Magnolia. I can quote Steel Magnolia from beginning to end. Okay. I could definitely do that. Um, Let's write this down. I'm going to write this down. Okay, hold on. Let me get my list. Okay. And we'll come up with a list here, because I have my own here. Okay. I think you and I, because I think you and I have different tastes a little bit, but there's something that we, like, I agree, I agree that Steel Magnolias is one. Okay, so let me see here. So we have, you're saying Longtime Companion. Mm-hmm. Paris is Burning. Yeah, Paris is Burning. Okay. Uh, what is the one, what's the documentary that's all about how LGBT people are represented in movies? Is that the the celluloid closet? closet. Yeah, the celluloid closet is definitely, um, okay. What, Steel Magnolias? Okay, what else? Soap Dish? I've never seen Soap Dish. What? Mm Mm-hmm. Seven is... Bitch, when I come in June, I am bringing my Blu-ray and we are watching Soap Dish. Well, I have a DVD player. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing the script and we're acting it out. Uh, 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 what? You're looking for something to do a script with. That would be a great... Okay, so you can get the rights to the script for well, Soap Dish? Oh, for Soap Dish. Girl, that would be awesome. Okay. I'll look. We'll, we'll talk afterwards. Because, okay. you know, Still Magnolias would be easier, too, because it's a play. And you oh, can that's just, true. they literally, you just rent the rights. You just pay. You know, so it's like, hey, it's, 
Yeah, okay. Pedro said all about Eve. Oh, all about Eve is a must. So all about Eve is a must. We'll publish this list on our Facebook. No, I'll never get to it. But um, <laughs> let's be honest. I, you know when shows say that, I never go check if they do. Do you guys ever actually do it when you say you're going to do it? No, we never do. Yeah. All right. So when, no I, when one... I listen back to it, I go, oh, I forgot to do that. And then I usually roll back over and go to sleep. Um, it... Let's see. Uh, my all-time favorite movie of all time, the best movie ever made, mm-hmm. Xanadu. I've never seen that. There are a lot of these game movies I haven't seen, Taylor. You're. I've never you're seen kidding. Xanadu. No, I know. You've I mean, I know. Seen... I know that. The... <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> How could you have not seen Xanadu? Taylor was like, oh, Jesus. Christ. <laughs> uh, There's a lot of movies I haven't seen. Mommy Dearest. Mommy Dearest. Oh, Mommy Dearest. Pedro wrote Mommy list. Dearest and Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. I got Baby Jane. Sunset Boulevard. I've seen the musical Sunset Boulevard, but I've You've never, never seen, seen the, the movie Sunset I've Boulevard? I've never seen the movie Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> I didn't get up because it involved you looking at my butt. Um, Death Becomes Her. My friend Michael Nichols is in Death Becomes Her. Isn't that funny? What does he play? He pl- I mean, a very he plays one of the like the studs carrying Isabella Rossellini. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was a young Michael Nichols in. <laughs> I was going to say that movie's twenty five years old. Yeah, so yeah, he lies about his age too. He thinks we don't know. Okay, um, what's Party Girl? I've never seen that. Party Girl. I've seen Party Girl one time. Party Girl has a great soundtrack. I have. I bought the CD for that because there was one or two songs from the movie that I liked. Back when I, you would do Columbia House and you could get 12 discs for a penny. I just mm-hmm. created a fake name and that was one of the free ones that I got. Um, it's where she, She's like a club girl that goes, she needs to get a job so she ends up getting a job in the library. The, like the New York Public Library. And there is a scene where she starts at the beginning, she's very like flighty. And then eventually she gets to where she really loves the job mm-hmm. and she becomes more responsible. And there is a pivotal scene where she has a breakdown on somebody that just puts a book back on a shelf. That's very, very funny. I don't have to watch it. I never, I never even heard of it. See, a lot of these I have, I've heard of, but I've never seen, um, queer as folk. I haven't watched it again, but I have a feeling it'd be very, very dated. Yeah. I have a feeling a lot of it would be very dated. Yeah. Um, but, um, but let me see. Let's go down. So we have Paris is Burning. I we have on here. Um, Queer's Folk Death Becomes Nine to Five. Moulin Rouge. Do you think Moulin Rouge belongs in that list, or is it too soon? No, it's. I think Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge is a great movie, but I don't know that it's a great gay movie. What about the Birdcage? The Birdcage has some great, great lines in it. That my family, and by that I mean the Huffingtons and. And uh, Rodan and I still occasionally will quote and say to each other. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's definitely one. Um, Emmanuel from Twitter says, I remind him of Lord Varys. You know that? I, I could see that. Lord Varys. From what? Game of Thrones, Varys. Which one is Varys? I don't know any of their names. I just know them by... The bald like, one who knows all the tea. Who's oh. a eunuch. Babalu... Uh, a couple of a couple of years ago, we have a large brown fleece that has like the the raw fleece, the raw wool on the inside of it. Mm-hmm. Throw, and he came in the bedroom one day wrapped or wrapped with an around, but he looked just like him. 
Oh, really? This ball head, and I took a picture of it and like did a comparison and sent it to him and was quickly told to go fuck myself. But I that was the when he came in because he came even with it like over his arms, like resting. Mm-hmm. I, let me see if I can find that. I'll put that in the uh, he'll he'll kill me. But oh yeah, actually he's on his way home. So so after I put this, people have to write a lot of things so that, that way it goes up in the chat thing and he doesn't see it. All right. Spiral so. Goddess says, yeah, I tried watching Queer as Fuck the other day. It doesn't age well. I didn't think it would. Uh, Amib writes, what about Priscilla? You know, I haven't – Priscilla, I believe – no, no. Tu Wong Fu is currently on like HBO Go or Netflix. or Tu Wong Fu is currently streaming. Is, it, is that worth going – I haven't watched it since it first came out. I prefer Priscilla to to Tu Wong Fu. I mm-hmm. feel like Priscilla was a little too Hollywood um, formula, mm-hmm. whereas, whereas Priscilla felt very much – of original it felt very very much there were bigger ups and downs Mm -hmm. you know but i like to wong fu Mm -hmm. but what's drop dead gorgeous uh drop dead gorgeous is drop dead gorgeous we've talked about it tons of times on pot as my co-pilot it's a dark dark comedy about a beauty pageant that has uh uh, what's that smelly girl's name um kirsten dunce and kirstie alley and Ellen Barkin and uh, Brittany Murphy and Amy Adams is in it. It's one of her first movies. Mm-hmm. So it's a great, great movie. Um, I was going to suggest B-I-A-C or is that B-L-A-C? What is that? Do you know what that is, Taylor? What those but I'm are? a cheerleader. Oh, but I'm a cheerleader. Um, I remember thinking that had that very independent, over-the-top cartooniness to it. I could yeah. see how that'd be, like, inspirational to a young gay boy. I remember, oh, the, the fucking one that plays the son. Isn't that, um, what's his name? Was the one that married to, um, Blue. What's her name? Eddie Cibrian Cibber, Cibber, oh, or whatever. So fucking hot in that movie, though. Eddie Cyprian. Well, he's Dude. walking around in little baby short oh, shorts the whole girl. time, so. Oh, my God. My, my loins hurt right now thinking about it. Oh, God. Sorry. It's a lesbo classic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but look, have we exhausted the list? I we did Sunset Boulevard. We did All About Eve. We did Mommy Dearest we have on here. Yeah. Mommy Dearest. Somebody said Mommy Dearest a little yeah. while ago. Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Do you know anything about this being gay? Nightmare on Elm Street 2, the, the whole idea of it is rather than a young girl that's kind of tormented by him, mm-hmm. it's a young boy. And there are scenes in it that kind of allude to the fact that he's gay. And by that, I mean, apparently there is a scene where he at one point is like, I think, dancing around in his underwear or something. I don't do horror movies, but I've seen a whole thing about that, that there is kind of this gay panic thing that happens in A Nightmare on Elm Street, too. I would love, 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 love to see a gay horror movie. There was one that took place a couple of years ago. There was one that came out a couple of years ago that took place at uh, Hollywood, uh, West Hollywood for Halloween. Oh, was it good? was a slasher movie where like, you know, everybody's running around and getting drunk and having sex. And then the guy was dressed. I think he had a devil mask on mm-hmm. and I, I didn't see it, but I, there was one guy that I always thought was cute that starred in it. But mm-hmm. uh, Javier Bing, Bing, Bin big D. Oh wait, Javier B in big D said crossroads. Is that Brittany? That's the one with Brittany Spears. Mm. I would put that in the maybe list. I'm, I'm sure there's mi- we're missing a bunch. We'll probably have to revisit this list over and over and over. Oh, again. I'm sure you could find a million lists online of different, different, uh, 
Yeah, because there are some... My friend Julia just happens to like campy movies. So she can throw some out that you're like, oh, oh how are we missing? Imitation of Life. Oh, duh. Yeah. Yeah, Imitation of Life. But the one, the Douglas Sirk one, not the original one. The one from the 50s, not the one from the 30s. Um, oh, the Mib just said that. Um, yeah, the Douglas Sirk movies. I've actually seen most of these. Wigstock. Um, I've seen Wigstock. You see, what happens is I'm more intrigued by movies that aren't meant for gay people or that are coded for gay people and some yeah. gay people like them. So, like, 9 to 5 is a good example. I think Mommy Dearest is really good. Adam's Family Values. Really? Why? Oh, God. It's so ridiculous. It's so over the top. The Joan Cusack's character and Angelica Houston's character are just both so over the top. You know, I, I love – and you've got um, Christine Baranski and Peter McNichol in it. Mm-hmm. And it was written by the guy who wrote um, In and Out, the Kevin Klein movie. What is that? Rudnick? Paul Rudnick? No, that's not who it is. Scott – I made up Scott Rudnick. No, it's it's written by um, – that guy and it's not a but the but the wit in it is very biting some of the things that especially the some of the stuff they have christina ricci say to adults and everything is very it's trust me if you watched it you could see where it would definitely be a campy where gay men would absolutely love it anthony laquifa wantley says what's the one with angelica houston when she's a witch okay but then what about the one the one with bet midler and sjp and kathy and jimmy where they're witches that's Hocus Pocus. I think gays love Hocus Pocus. Yeah, I've never seen Hocus Pocus. I think it's really bad. I think it's one of these movies. There are certain movies. Hocus Pocus, I think, is one of them. I think even the stars would tell you this. It was a huge bomb. I think it's widely considered a bad movie, but it's one of those movies that, like, I don't know if it was Disney or one of those cable channels just played endlessly around Halloween. So right. kids grew up on that movie. And so they, yeah. they have fond memories of that movie. My friend John Turtletop directed a movie that I feel like that. I, it's awkward because the first – when I was a college journalist, the first article I ever wrote in college was a review of Cool Runnings. And I just fucking okay. trashed that movie. That was horrible. It's like a fucking cult classic for anyone under 26 or 27 or something like that because mm-hmm. Disney Channel will just play it on the loop. My friend John directed it, so it's always like – he knows that I wrote a review of it. He doesn't know I trashed it. Okay. But unless he goes to my college and looks up the archives, he's not going to see that. But um, but yeah, Cool Runnings is another one of those. Uh, big Business. I loved it. I loved Big Business as a kid. Witches of Eastwick is another good one. Is Do you think Big – because that's weird. I never thought about this. As a kid, I fucking loved Big Business. I love Big Business. Is that a gay movie for gay kids our age? I don't I have only seen it the one time when I was a kid. I saw like we rented the we rented the cassette to see it. Um which makes me sound like I was in 1943 watching it. Um <clears throat> I mean, it's Bet Mid- it's Campy Bed Midler and Lily Tomlin. I can't see how it wouldn't be. I have a feeling that movie doesn't hold up. Mm-hmm. But well, you know, look, I, 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 I'm trying to think of movies that I well, like. We, you and I were talking privately. The same guy that wrote Nine to Five wrote a movie in the '70s, and I'm trying to find a way to stream it or rent it easily called Foul Play. Okay, with Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn, and I remember this movie being so funny. But since the guy who wrote Nine to Five was gay and died of AIDS, uh, I imagine he had a very gay sensibility. Mm-hmm. And so I bet you Foul Play is also a gay movie. But like I haven't seen Foul Play for 
ever. I've never seen but. Heather's, and Heather's is on is streaming right now too. Heather's like- okay. If you listen to Pod as my co-pilot, we just watched Heather's for our monthly movie night. Mm-hmm. Heather's does not. Heather's is uncomfortable to watch now. Oh, a lot really? of the humor doesn't hold up, and especially with everything that happened last week in Florida and uh, Miami. Uh, there, there's things that are said and stuff in the movie that I also get. It's a, it's a, it's a product of its time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's watching it as an adult versus watching it as a sullen 16 year old. It does mm-hmm. not hold up. I've never seen boys in the band. I almost wonder, and I think i I think celluloid closet, uh, talked about boys in the band where, uh, I would love to see it almost like as a gay history project, but I think the problem with boys in the band is there was a long time, even up until fairly recently, but boys in the band is indicative of this where gay films and gay cinema was about if they depicted gay men, they were always sad or depressed or yeah. suicidal or regretting their lives. And they, they weren't ever shown as happy. They were always shown as like psychologically fucked up men. I think Boys in the Band is one of them, right? Where they where they're all d- sad and depressed, correct? Yeah, yeah. We we I have a client. Oh, Mildred who, Pierce. Sorry, Mildred Pierce. Yes, sorry. Go ahead. Yes, Mildred Pierce is definitely one. Um, I have a client who was talking to my coworker who's thirty six, and talk. And my coworker is straight, mm-hmm. and my client was very much of the. You know, you need to immerse yourself in gay culture. And this client is also in his, he's almost 60. So he decided to teach the children, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And he gave uh, my coworker, the boys in the band and longtime <laughs> companion to watch the DVDs to borrow. And he was just like, what do I do with these? I'm like, you fucking watch them. You watch them and you, you learn about it. This is the population you're going to be working with. This speaks to their you know, this speaks to who they are. Mm-hmm. So, or some of the feelings they may feel. So he watched Longtime companion and said, he's like, it was really sad. I'm like, yes, that's kind of the point of it. I think it was at a time when people weren't necessarily talking about HIV and AIDS on the mainstream, but was really still more talked about within the gay community more than anybody else. Do you remember Jeffrey? Yes. I saw the play Jeffrey mm-hmm. in Tampa before I saw the movie. Okay. I liked the play much more. I remember that. I feel now, even now to this day, I feel a lot of gay culture, whether it be cinema or theater, is all just a variation of Jeffrey. And I'm not saying that Jeffrey was the first one. Maybe Jeffrey was the one that just caught on. But it's always like the the angst-ridden AIDS story. Well, I don't know that it's always angst-ridden. And, and I think we've gotten away from AIDS. But I think that there is always that angsty kind of... I don't know. I have I have very strong feelings about the level of a lot of gay movies and a lot of gay content that I see, not only online, but also on the, uh, the movies that mo- I've used to go to the Tampa Bay Gay and Lesbian Film Festival is one of the largest film festivals in the area um, in the in the southeast, I think. And I used to go all the time. But eventually I'm like, I kind of feel like I'm seeing the same movie over and over again. And it it wasn't as much fun. So. I want to bring, I'm going to change topics here for a second. Yes, you know, Taylor and I are part of a of a group of podcasters who all chat with each other. And I made this point, and I feel not that it was misconstrued, but it just went in a direction I didn't think it was going to go. I was making a joke that all these Florida high school kids that are talking on, on in the media, they all seem like they went to the Helix Studios uh, <laughs> Academy. They all look like Helix Studios twinks, right? 
Mm-hmm. And um, what is it, what? First of all, what are they giving the kids in Florida that they all look like Helix models? One, <laughs> two. I'm not answering that. That's two. What is your definition of a twink? That was argued about yesterday in the group me. Mm-hmm. Answer number two are first. Asking, are you asking me? Are you answer number? One, I guess it's just it's sunshine and white privilege. That's that's what they all have. That makes them all look like twink models. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as what I consider to be a twink, I consider a twink to be somebody that is under the age of, I would say. 30, I would probably go even lower than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also think that you have to be thin. Mm-hmm. Um, and and by thin, I mean 34 or below waist size. Mm-hmm. That to me, that to me is a twink. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could get into the specifics of education level and and that kind of stuff, which I don't necessarily want to do that. And that's not necessarily fair. But I feel like you have to be within a certain physical age range and body shape to relatively hairless, little to no hair, one of the chest hair, up, that kind of stuff. One of the questions that came up is, are, are, are any non-white people twinks? I think so. I think so. I don't think you see them as often because... Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's not necessarily what I think sells as far as twink culture and and all of that. So, um, but I mean, I think, and I also think that twinks tend to be, there tends to be, the the stereotype I think is more of a femininity to Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. So there tends to be more comfortable with their feminine side. So if if you're veering from white the next one, and the sound. This sounds horrible when I say it out loud like this, but I think it would. You would be. You would be more prone, I think, to find maybe Asian twinks. That's true. That's a very good point. Yes, Asian twinks. Then possibly going to Latino twinks, mm-hmm. and be then maybe African American twinks. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. It, it was just one of these things, guys. If you weren't in there, that uh, uh, in fact, one of the people who's just told me he's listening, who's in the group, was. Was the one uh, was there was a sort of like question about the the ethnicity one. I, to me, it could be any race. It could be as long as like I was even mentioning in the group that I know a guy uh, that is pushing forty, but he just has the little twink body and he looks relatively young. He's a little scruffier than a twink would be, but apart like if he just shaved and cut his hair, I just think he could be a twink. And you even at thirty eight or whatever, you, you would still call him a twink. To me, it's a bore about appearance and youth, the youthful appearance. If you just if you look yeah. to be between the ages of eighteen and twenty four, and you're slender, and it doesn't, race isn't important. I don't think age is important to me as long as appearance of slender, little to no body hair, and appearing between eighteen and twenty four. Um, Rainbow says he's Filipino and thirty one. I swear, I'm still a twink. Um. Well, Rainbow, you should meet uh, my co-host on uh, Catching Up named Mike <laughs> Lawson. I think he'd like to have a few words with you. A lot of them being marry me. Um. So uh, let's start wrapping this up, Taylor. I saw that yeah. your husband, uh, Baba Lou, just walked in the door. I'm sure he wants to spend time with you. I and believe like, he does. Yeah, and like I said, this was a little impromptu show, guys. It was literally Taylor and I were uh, – uh, 
we're doing, we're recording a show, and I said, I was actually talking about how amazing you guys are, and you guys have proven this, that, like, I said, our fans are the best fans in the world, uh, you just have to put it on Twitter, and they'll just appear, and we can do any impromptu show, so thank you guys. You, you blew the cock horn. Yeah, I you blew. blew the cock horn that said, you know, recap, listeners, assemble, mm-hmm. and they come running. I blew the shofar, Okay. <laughs> And they came running. Is, uh, do you have any request song for us to, to, to go out on Taylor? Or, uh... Uh, okay, if I can stay in, because the last song we played was Missing You like a half an hour ago. Yeah. I would love to hear, uh, and this song apparently was done on an episode for a lip sync, mm-hmm. If I Was Your Woman by Gladys Knight and the Pips. Oh, If I Was Your Woman. That was from All Stars 2. We're gonna, so guys, thank you guys very much. We're going to go out on this song right here. For Taylor the Latte Boy. I'm Joe Batanz. Taylor, give them what they couldn't hear yesterday. Sashay away until next week on Rue Paul Radio. If I were your woman and you were my man, you'd have no other woman. You'd be weak as a lamb if you had the strength. If I were your woman, you were my woman, and you were my.